Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, greetings from shelter and a place at home, uh, Portland. Tom Hartman here with you. It's our quote for the day from Franklin Roosevelt. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. FDR. We've got a lot to talk about today. First of all, the Mad King Donald, who thinks that if only 100,000 Americans die, he's done a great job. I mean... I'm just boggled that the media is not dealing with this. Like, say what? The numbers are completely different all around the world. I mean, you know, you've got 3,000 people dead in China. You've got 300 people, fewer than 300 people dead in South Korea. They've got this thing under control. In Italy now, it's over 10,000. In, in uh, Spain, you know, they're having a crisis, but, but it's not, it's not 100,000 dead people. Some of the estimates are that, you know, because Trump did nothing for two months or longer when he knew what was coming and he knew what was going to happen, and he still hasn't shut down the red states. He's diverting ventilators away from blue states down to Florida. Ron DeSantis gets all he wants. He still hasn't shut down his state, to the best of my knowledge. There's this story. It's 4,000 years old. It's called the Epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was the first king who built the first city-state in what we now call Iraq. It was called uh, Ur back then, and the city was Uruk. And the northern Iraq was covered with cedar forests 4,000 years ago. And Gilgamesh went into those forests and cut them down and used that wood to build his giant city, this massive city. Now, in the story, the Epic of Gilgamesh, is that the god of the forest, Humbuba, was really upset about Gilgamesh coming to cut down the forest, tried to stop him, and Gilgamesh cut his head off, killed him, and then took out the forest. And in revenge for this, now Gilgamesh not only built this city, but he also built a massive irrigation system, moving the water out of the Euphrates River so that they could have hundreds of thousands of acres of barley. Turns out, if you irrigate crops like that over and over and over the same way uh, without changing your patterns of growth and irrigation, the soil just starts accumulating more and more salt. And in legend, this was the punishment by the gods for Gilgamesh cutting Hambuba's head off was that their fields were, quote, turned to white. That was uh, the description of one of the people who was alive at the time. So if Gilgamesh's epic was to be written today, you know, someday, a thousand years from now, people are going to look back on this point in history or hundreds of years from now and say, oh, that was a consequential turning point in the history of the human race. So here's what I think the story would go like. The people of Earth pulled out of the depths of the planet its blood, ancient sunlight that had been stored by plants in the form of fossil fuels, and they burned it to power a great civilization, just like Gilgamesh did with the trees. The people burned so much ancient sunlight into the sky that the atmosphere began to die. People were, were dying in plagues of cancer and asthma. But these warnings from the earth were ignored. The gods protecting the earth warned us by beginning a great warming, changing the face of Arctic regions and bringing extreme floods and droughts and wildfires to the planet. And those warnings were ignored too. 
So the gods said, we must stop humankind from poisoning our Mother Earth. Let us send a plague that will strike dead their wise elders and brokers of political power. Surely that will get their attention and cause them to cease their violence against us. So they sent the queen of disease, wearing her royal crown, to aid Mother Earth. The people called her Corona, and she struck down the elders, sickening the rest of the people, and only sparing the young. It was to remind them of the Passover story, of the plague of the firstborn, of the warnings that were not heeded, that there would be death and wailing and gnashing of teeth. In response, the people sheltered in place, and the great cities of Earth became quiet. They realized with horror how the false god of neoliberalism had destroyed their resilience and their ability to care for each other solely to enrich a handful of oligarchs. It's as if Gaia herself designed the coronavirus. All across the planet, carbon-burning industrial and transportation activities have ground to a near halt while pollution levels have collapsed. So much oil is not being burned that countries in the world are running out of places to store it. They literally are all over the planet. And the one industry that is thriving right now, the internet, was the first industry to embrace being carbon-free. In some distant time, the story of how arrogant King Trump caused the gods to turn against us with his lies and procrastination, and millions died. And is that story, you know, like the Epic of Gilgamesh, going to be about how, you know, a sick and twisted mad king destroyed his people? Or will it be the story of humanity accepting the warning, turning its back on twisted evil leaders, and stopping poisoning the earth? Ultimately, that choice is ours. I wrote this piece over the weekend that I was just more or less sharing with you. I'll let you know when it's published. So China, as of today, has 3,306 deaths. The Republic of Korea, that's South Korea, has 152. Now, why is it that South Korea has only 152 deaths and we've passed 2,000? Because immediately, on January 20th, they had the first diagnosed case in South Korea. So did we here in the United States, both of them on January 20th. And South Korea went into absolute active mode. Within a week, they had testing kits out. They had tested thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of their citizens within a month. They quarantined people. They did contact tracing. They buttoned this down. And this is a democratic country. This is a republic, just like ours. They did not violate civil rights to do this. Donald Trump, throughout that period, that two-month period, was lying to the American people, as was Fox News and the Murdoch oligarchy. Lachlan and, and Rupert Murdoch, their company, Fox News, and you know Hannity and Ingram and all these people, they all lied to us and lied to their own viewers who are probably dying in larger numbers than viewers of MSNBC and CNN who took this seriously from the beginning. I mean, these numbers are just mind-boggling. Italy and Spain, I gotta tell you about Spain too, why, why Spain is melting down. It has to do with neoliberalism. Believe it or not, what a surprise. Yeah, the neoliberals gutted the Spanish healthcare system in 2011 when a conservative prime minister was elected. I'll tell you about that. So Donald Trump holds his uh, daily reality show on TV. Uh, yesterday bragging about how his ratings are great and the networks are lying scum, basically, but they have to carry his show because he's got better ratings than Celebrity Apprentice. He's moved from talking to his rallies, you know, 1,000, 2,000 people, to talking to millions of people every day via his, his new ego post, which is these, these uh, press conferences. And uh, it's causing some real serious soul-searching in the media because he's blowing out lies and it's basically a campaign speech every day. Every day he figures out a way to vilify blue states and their governors and praise red states and their governors and praise himself and blame others. Literally every day. And, and a lot of it is lies, just plain old flat-out lies. Yesterday, he said, how do you go from using 10,000 to 20,000 masks to 300,000? Yesterday in the Rose Garden, he says, uh, something's going on. Where are the masks going? Are they going out the back door? 
Right. These hospitals in New York have a profitable black market mask business going on outside the, the back door of the hospital while their nurses and doctors are getting sick and some of them are dying. This man is, is sick and twisted. This is just insane. The 911 system in the city is absolutely overwhelmed. On Thursday, he went on Fox News on Sean Hannity's show, and he says, I don't believe you need 30 or 40,000 ventilators. You know, you go in a major hospital, sometimes you'll have two ventilators. And all of a sudden, you're saying, we, can we order 30,000 ventilators? People are going to die because of this kind of rhetoric and because of the Fox News lies for months. Fox News was lying to their viewers. For months, right-wing hate radio was lying to their listeners. And for months, Donald Trump was lying to the nation. Yesterday, he said, if only 100,000 people, keep in mind, in China, it's 3,000 people have died. In South Korea, it's only 300 people have died. And they had their first case the exact same day we did. And Trump is saying, well, if only 100,000 people die, I did a pretty good job. Really? If Trump had done what South Korea did at the same time South Korea did, we might only have a few thousand deaths nationwide when this hits its peak. Instead of the 100,000 that Trump is saying is acceptable and the 2 million that a Yale University and a college in, in the UK are suggesting is possible. I mean, it just it's simple math. If 1% of the people who get this disease die from it, and one-third of America gets the disease, which is, by the way, about what happens in flu season, and we have a vaccine against flu, you get about 20 to 25% of Americans get the flu every year. You take the vaccine out of the equation, it'd probably be you know, 30 to 40, maybe even 50%. So if only 1% of Americans, fewer than a third of Americans, get coronavirus... That's 100 million people. 1% of 100 million people is 1 million people. If two-thirds of America get it, that's 2 million people dead. And Trump is saying, oh, well, you know, it's, uh, it's all good. And now the Washington Post is reporting that back on February 5th, this is two weeks after we had our first case here in the United States and Trump did nothing and went on TV and lied and said it was a Democrat hoax. On February 5th, Alex Azar, the Health and Human Services Secretary, asked the Trump administration to insert a $2 billion emergency fund into the budget that was going forward, specifically for protective equipment, personal protective equipment for people, frontline workers. He was getting briefings. He knew what was going on, Alex Azar. He asked for $2 billion in emergency funding the administration refused. Trump said no. And now you have, while well, Florida, which is headed by, you know, reliable Trump syncopant, this is from Hunter over in Daily Coast. Florida is run by Ron DeSantis and represented by Rick Scott in the Senate, the guy who committed the largest, whose company committed the largest Medicare fraud in the history of the United States. He's still refusing to issue any of these measures. Ron DeSantis down in Florida is getting anything he wants from the federal government. Massachusetts has only received 17% of their requested supplies. Maine, about 5%. Colorado, enough for one day only. The outbreak is growing rapidly in Colorado. And as I mentioned earlier, Spain, where nearly 5,000 people have died. Keep in mind, Trump says 100,000 in America is just fine. He's doing a great job. In 2011, Spain elected Mariano Rajoy, Rajoy, R-A-J-O-Y, as prime minister. He was conservative. And he started by slashing $10 billion out of the hospitals. You know, they've got Medicare for all there. He slashed $10 billion. $10 billion is an enormous amount of money for a country the size of Spain. And he kept up that austerity program for much of his tenure. Spending in the healthcare sector dropped from 6.8% of GDP to 5.9%. The average across the EU is 7.5% of GDP. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Which meant before the coronavirus hit Spain, they already had a shortage of hospital beds, and there was a wave of privatization that was closing hospitals in Spain. Neoliberalism, ain't it wonderful?
Ron DeSantis apparently is finally saying, stay home. <laughs> this is pathetic. This is absolute. Well, it's, it's criminal, frankly. I mean, it's just wrong what is happening. And Trump politicizing disaster aid and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just crazy. Barbara in Sun City, Arizona. Hey, Barbara, what's up? I'm doing a little research, and I came across something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. People are going, why is he doing this? What is he doing? Well, you know, he's crazy. He's, a, you know, all these different disorders. But this one really kind of nailed it. And it's called Dunning-Kruger. It's a cognitive bias in which people believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. And it's usually amongst people who are dumb, stupid, and they are mm -hmm. constantly trying to prove that they are superior to everybody else. So if you contradict them, they're right, and they're going to change. They're going to just keep getting pushed, and that's what he's doing. I mean, he's got all these other disorders, but this one really shows that he's the only one who is right, and everybody else is stupid. When he's stupid, and everybody else is right, and you can't point it out to them. There, it's a actual psychological defect. It's yeah, called the Dunning Kruger effect, and you can look it up. Very well mined, and it's on Wikipedia. And it's dangerous, and so dangerous. Criminals mm -hmm. often are. You know, even Darwin talked about it. Ignorance more frequently begets confidence than does knowledge in the descent of man. This guy should just be taken out for mental illness, and the rest of them... Yeah, it's a I, good time to invoke the 25th Amendment. And I don't think he's the only person suffering from this. I, you know, oh. I, I think that, uh, you know, Larry Kudlow, you could probably put him in that camp. Uh, you know, I don't know about Mike Pence, but a number of these people who are, particularly these libertarian advisors. Spot on, Barbara. Thank you for the call, and thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV there in Sun City. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, not too much, Tom. Hey, you had a caller earlier that mentioned Dunning-Kruger effect, and I know you've talked mm -hmm. about it because I've heard you, mm -hmm. and I talked about it before Trump was even elected because I think that's how Russian intelligence identified Donald Trump as being, you know, they could manipulate him. But the problem is mm -hmm. with the whole Dunning-Kruger theory is it's really just temporary, especially when you're seeking objectives against a country like America. <laughs> you know, we have a corporate system. We have layers upon layers of advisors. Okay, in Russia, usually their pattern, from you know my experience in the past, their pattern is they don't really expend a lot of resources on temporary measures, on temporary objectives. Okay, and they would have mm -hmm. to expend a lot of resources to manipulate a president, but. It, nonetheless, it's probably true. Okay? I, mean, I don't think they'd have Trump. to spend a lot of resources if that president is, you know, literally owes his existence and his empire to billionaire oligarchs in Russia and some of the countries, you know, on its borders. I think then it becomes very easy to basically threaten to stop backstopping his trillion dollars in loans with Deutsche Bank and watch him go down in flames. Trump is obviously terrified of this. And also, let me connect it to some things that are currently going on. Like, you know, nonetheless, I think it is true. Trump does have a Dunning-Kruger pattern. He thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is. And I think that's sure. why we're where we're at, because I know for a fact Donald Trump was briefed on this pandemic. Okay, I mean, any, any dialogue to the contrary, I just kind of ignore, because I know for a fact Back when. he was briefed on. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like I told you before, I figured it out in December. And I'm sure that this is an ongoing thing. We've been tracking pandemics for a long time. I mean, it's a very well-established thing, okay, since World War II, for crying out loud, for the most part. But anyways, the problem is Donald Trump probably ignored it, okay? I mean, because mm -hmm. of the Dunning-Kruger effect. I mean, it was something that just was outside his perception, okay? He just ignored it. I think what we're doing is we're defaulting back to military measures. And what I mean by that is I saw the same thing in Iraq during the surge, all right? And Steve Mnuchin is about to do microloans, what, what we call microloans in Iraq. Now, simultaneously, to alleviate financial stress in Iraq, okay, and to rebuild the country, we gave out microloans to businesses and small businesses, all right? Then, simultaneously, we cut off medical care. No American, we cut off the wheelchair program, the crutches, everything, exams, all that stuff. 
if a, if a sick Iraqi wandered up to an American operating base, we directed him back into town. They had to go see a local doctor, okay? Now, this had tremendous effects, all right? Adverse effects, but nobody really talks about, all right? And I see the same pattern in America. I think they just defaulted back to nation-building, but they're nation-building here at home. And in this, like I said, cutting people off of medical support in Iraq, even though there was no epidemic, had tremendous adverse effects. We need to be aware of this sort of thing so we can avoid becoming victims of nation-building yes. here in America. The same yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I agree totally. Dave, I, I got to move along, but I agree, to, I agree totally. Thank you. Anne in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, Anne, what's up? I think what we're experiencing is a form of political genocide. Genocide, definition, the deliberate killing of a large group of people, especially those of a particular ethnic group or nation, and I would add, or political affiliation, based on the way Trump is, re- is releasing medical aid to states based on whether they're blue or red. I think that's whether it's conscious or not. This is a form of political genocide. Yeah, in fact, Trump genocide was one of the top trending hashtags on on Twitter over the weekend. No kidding. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I think that Trump lied and procrastinated, but mostly lied. You know, don't worry, it's just a hoax. It's going to go away. It'll magically disappear. We only have one case. We've got it buttoned down. It's nearly airtight, said Larry Kudlow. These guys lied, and now they're predicting that 100,000 Americans will die. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot higher than that. And pretty soon we're going to, you know, on this show, we're going to have people calling and saying, you know, my husband just died. My wife just died. My friend next door just died. I expect to see it in my neighborhood. I've got neighbors who are in their 60s who have been out partying because they've been watching Fox News. I'm not just just here, but I mean all around. And this is terrible. This is terrible. And thank you. Uh, excellent point. Thank you very much. Richard in uh, Clatskanie, Oregon. Hey, Richard, what's up? I was wondering whether any of your listeners or you have any idea where the NBC warfare equipment, personal protective gear, is at. We've been collecting personal protective gear for the military since the 50s. Nobody said anything about how many millions of pieces of protective equipment the military has. I don't really know, Richard, but I do know back in February, Trump shipped, I believe it was 18 tons of personal protective equipment from the United States to China in February. When he was saying this is just a hoax and don't worry, it ain't gonna happen here, he shipped tons of personal protective equipment to China. Look it up, it's, it's just an amazing story. Thank you for the call, Richard. Marty in Evergreen Park, Illinois. Hey, Marty, what's up? I just wanted to um, ask you, the listening audience, for thoughts and prayers for my dad, who's currently fighting a COVID-19 infection uh, in an oh ICU at, our, at a local hospital here. He's got a lot of uh, mitigating factors that make him a real high risk. So we're all really, you know, trying to keep as good vibes going as we can. But I thought I was going to share with you, if somebody wants a really good business idea, somebody should be helping patients set up, like, some kind of video camera systems or whatever so that they can chat with other, like, loved ones. It seems to be, like, a problem that a lot of families are having, like, communicating with ones in the hospital since nobody's allowed to have any visits. But, you know, they have those spark boards, you know, those other video conference systems all in one. But I'm just saying, like, I'm sure if somebody would be helping a lot of these patients see their loved ones. Louise and I have two friends who down in Texas who have coronavirus right now. They're on the back end of it. They're young. I mean, they're, they're very young people. And... And, uh, and it really knocked one of them down badly. Um, but they're, they seem to be recovering, but they never went to the hospital. There was one night where, where one of them was starting to freak out thinking that she couldn't breathe, but they ultimately did not go to the hospital. But what my understanding is from the, the accounts that I've read of people who have been hospitalized is that if you are, you know, the only, the only way a hospital will take you in is if you're really, really sick. And when you're really, really sick, way too out of it to use uh, you know a cell phone or a computer to to chat with people that, that seems to be the big problem I don't know you know what, what your father's experiencing I'm so sorry to hear that he's in the hospital and yeah people are using Skype and zoom I mean over the weekend there's a group of us who worked with the Salem International Relief Organization out of Germany for years and we had a, a Skype conference call this weekend with 
bunch of people from Scotland and England and, and, and a couple of people here in the United States, you know, one in Colorado, one in, in Ohio, and me. We're talking with our kids here about having virtual meals where, you know, we'll bring up Skype or Zoom on our end and they'll bring up Skype or Zoom on their end. And uh, we'll just set the computer, um, you know, behind our plates and, you know, with the, with the camera facing us. And so we can see the screen and Louise and I will sit side by side and, and our daughter and her husband would sit side by side on their end. And so we're looking at each other and we'll just have a meal together. I'm actually looking forward to doing that. We're going to, we're all going to, in fact, a bunch of us, uh, you know, I've, we've got three kids and they all live here in this area, but we can't, you know, have contact with them right now. Um, but we're all talking about doing that next weekend. So I think that there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Louise has been FaceTiming with our grandson virtually every day, sometimes two or three times a day when he wants to talk to his grandma. So, you know, it's there. The equipment is there. The technology is there. Oh, absolutely. But those who are more technically challenged might have, you know, issues getting that all set up. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Apple's FaceTime is, is remarkably easy. Marty, thanks a lot for the call. And I wish you the very best. I wish your father the very, very best. Tough stuff. This is a tough time we're in. This is an historic time. Robbie in Portland. I actually really liked your Gilgamesh story with Queen Corona. Right. Thank you. And something that I wanted to bring up that's been on my mind, you said it killed all the, the wise or the elders or the older people. You know what's really fascinating about Corona? You described you know two people in Texas, but look at how many world leaders and generals and military people who contracted Corona. Rand Paul, all the people from the CPAC meeting, and Senator Ted Cruz had to isolate himself because he was exposed. Israel was actually the epic center, but Iranian generals... This affected a lot of government leaders. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, who's being isolated right now? Yeah, the, uh, the older people. I mean, this is the problem: is it rips through the military? Is it's going to take out the senior command? So, did you know that there was actually in 2019, Wuhan held the military Olympics? All the world military no, but came I, to Wuhan, you know, China. I am in I 2019. Am, I am not. I, cool. Okay. I'm not going to go down that road, Robbie. I'm sorry. You did make me hang up on you. Johnny in Galveston, Texas. Hey, Johnny, what's on your mind today? It was scary enough that my neighbors two doors down have hosted large backyard parties this past weekend and the weekend before. And then I hear you in your neighborhood. I would think that they would be a little bit more enlightened up there in Oregon. And they're having social gatherings, too. Hey, Fox News reaches every corner of this country. You know, that's that right wing hate radios everywhere. So and, and they're all telling people this is not that big a deal. They'll start telling people it's a big deal when it starts working its way down to the red states, down to the rural areas. That's when they're going to start freaking out and going, oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, when I talk to my Republican neighbors about uh, what, what I put as the source, where I put the blame for our various economic and related problems like coronavirus, I blame the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Republican Party GOP austerity enabled by uh, unfettered, underregulated Wild West capitalism. I never mentioned yep. neoliberalism because I think that would be too confusing and that would lend into their worldview, oh, liberal, it's the liberals again. So why is it right. that you don't say GOP austerity? Well, think about that. I think we need to come up with a word that's better than neoliberalism, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Thanks a lot, Johnny, for the call. Sally in Lake City, Florida. Hey, Sally, what's up? You said something Friday on your show that concerned me, and I was in another room, and I didn't hear it all. And the gist of it, you were saying something about the electoral votes, Republicans cancel primaries in some states, and it goes to Congress. Each state gets a vote. Can you repeat what you said about that? And then he's reelected. Yeah, I wrote an op-ed about this a couple of weeks ago that you can find over at HartmanReport.com. And it was titled something like, you know, how Trump can remain president even if he loses the vote. And basically the way it works, Sally, is that if there are not 50% plus one electoral votes for one candidate or the other, if some of the states basically don't hold elections or are unable to certify their elections because of the coronavirus, then the vote goes to the House of Representatives where each state has a vote. And 33 or 34 states are Republican controlled. They will reelect Donald Trump. And I know that the Republicans are talking about this right now. Sally, thank you for the call. So would you like to watch the Tom Harbin program? All three hours of our program, anytime you'd like. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Tom Hartman, T-H-O-M-H-A-R-T-M-A-N-N, all run together. 
You have access to the full three-hour show anytime you want, specifically to our Patreon page. So check it out, patreon.com slash Tom Harbin. Thank you. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally-sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, with two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity, and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kenyatta in Los Angeles. Hey, Kenyatta, what's up? I'm one of those uh, people in the risk group, so I'm uh, a little concerned, but I try to continue yeah. doing what I need to do. I wanted yeah, to... Mention something that uh, really is concerning me. The greatest man in my life was my dad. In a couple of months, we'll be coming up on the 22nd anniversary of his death. And I remember his funeral as though it was yesterday. And one of the things that's really concerning me, and I'm not hearing a lot about it in the media, in fact, nothing, is that I don't know if folks are aware, Tom, that funerals are banned. And it's not like, you know, if you're going to get married, you can put off a wedding. Normally, if there's a normal birth, mother's home in a couple of days, people can weather that couple of days and see the baby when he gets home. But funerals are something that, you know, people die for all kinds of reasons, not just COVID. I mean, life goes on. People die in car accidents. They have heart attacks. And I just wonder if the American public is understanding that, God forbid, you lose a child or a parent. You can't say goodbye to them really uh, has bothered me, and I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of my dad's death. I'm sure in the, in the rural parts of America where this virus has not yet at least been detected, 
that funeral parlors are still operating just fine, thank you very much. This has to be in the states that have issued bans against public gatherings. I mean, you can't go to a funeral. Do you know if the funeral parlors are starting to do virtual funerals where people can come in on a Zoom link or something? Well, that's what's happening in, uh, here in California. Tom, I, I, listen, I know you've lost people in your life close to you, uh, a virtual funeral. You know, I just don't know if people are thinking this through. And that's what I wanted to segue into my second point, Tom. And that's why I think there will be martial law, because just as you mentioned about your neighbors and you had a caller previously talking about people totally uh, uh, flouting these rules, we have the same thing happening here in Southern California. In fact, Mayor Garcetti and uh, Governor Newsom have every day ratcheted up enforcement. And we have a number of firefighters and police officers that are coming down with this. They've got to be quarantined. As that spreads, you're going to have to bring the military in. You know, if people don't care about their grandparents or the elder people in their lives, they need to be thinking about the fact that if you lose a child in some accident, some I mean, and I'm not wishing this on anyone, or if you lose a parent or someone close to you, depending on where you are, if you're in New York or California or Washington, you're not going to be able to say goodbye. You're going to go to a Skype funeral. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And the other thing that we're not seeing in the media is these funerals themselves. I mean, there's, there's very little discussion nope. about this. We've got over 2,000 dead people in the United States. We're going to hit, probably in the next day or two, 10 times more dead people than South Korea has. Absolutely. We got our first patient the same day South Korea did. It's going to amplify from there. It's going to get, I mean, the next two weeks are going to be really, really grim, but it's going to be the next two months. It's going to be at least a couple of months because Donald Trump did nothing for months. You know, these guys dithered and fiddled while Rome burned. Donald Trump's stupidity is galactic in nature. Yeah, it, it, add Dunning really to that and, and you've got a real serious problem. Thanks for your call. It's always great to hear from you. Anthony in Detroit, Michigan. Hey, Anthony, what's up? piece of news I heard this morning on the local radio, which is that our state representative for uh, Detroit named Trey McKee just passed away last night due to COVID, uh, Isaac Robinson. And uh, it's a shame oh just because, you know, he was only in his 40s and um, he was really progressive, you know, on a bunch of issues that are important. So, yeah, pretty surprising. We're going to start seeing more and more of this, Anthony. We're going we're, we're gonna to start seeing names that are familiar to us dying. We're, we've already seen some who are infected and quarantined. Prime Minister of Canada's wife just came out of quarantine. She seems to have covered her. Yeah, she actually had it, but she's better now. But it's, it's going to get rough. It's going to get rough. Anthony, thank you for the call, and thanks for the information. Lou in Fair Play, Colorado. Hey, Lou, what's up? Actually going to kind of support Mr. Trump's numbers. You know, we don't have good data in the U.S. except the date and the number of dead. But Germany did a real good job of, you know, not overflowing the system. I think we can use their 0.4% death rate as reasonable while health care can keep up. If we use that number and plot the data, the calculation I can Well, they're able to do that, Luke, because, the they did, because they're be doing so nationwide testing. They're doing really aggressive quarantining. One of my best friends is in quarantine in Germany right now. They don't let you out of the house. You know, I mean, they're very, very serious about it. And their hospital system is functional and stronger than ours. And more mod- it's one of the most modern in Europe. And also, they're on the early end of this curve. Let's talk about their death rate in a couple of weeks. But at four-tenths of a percent, if 100 million people get it, that's 400,000 dead. So, you know, why is 400,000 dead or even 100,000 dead acceptable in the United States when South Korea has, and and Trump is bragging about, we've tested more people than South Korea. Well, you know, they're one-sixth our size, but they've only had 200 people dead in the entire period, and they've pretty much stopped their deaths. They're down to just a few every day. Welcome back. Tom Harmon here with you, broadcasting live from our shelter at home, uh, you know, from home. Uh, Steve in St. Genevieve, Missouri. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind today? Ah. I've been wearing my mask since January because I saw this coming when the first case got here. I didn't I didn't hesitate. You know, there were three major outbreaks of the Spanish flu. And the last outbreak in 1919, the two major cities that got hit the worst on the startup of it was St. Louis and San Francisco. 
And that's when they decided, okay, everyone has to wear a gauze mask. And if you were caught not wearing one, you were arrested and fined. You know, the only China did that, but they were more drastic. They literally bolted the door of your house so you wouldn't get out. That's the reason why they're and they're they're doing the gauze mask thing all over Asia. Exactly. And the gauze mask thing is all over Asia. And I think it's a good thing what they've done. Of course, they have them available, right? They're they're manufacturing them there. Trump had, you know, three months to plan for this and he just dithered it away, bragging about his ratings on TV. And now he's saying he did, you know, if only 100,000 Americans die, I did a really great job. Wait a minute. That's twice as many as died in Vietnam. Seriously? China has 3,000 people dead. South Korea has 300 dead. China's a month and a half ahead of us, two, almost two months ahead of us. South Korea got their first case the same day we got our first case. They have 300 dead. We have two, we're closing in on 3,000. I mean, you know, pretty soon in the next couple of days, Trump is going to have more dead Americans than there are dead people in China. That's breathtaking. When this thing started in China, this is the level, the breathtaking level of incompetence. But, you know, it would be wonderful if this administration could come out and say everybody needs to start wearing a mask, not just to prevent yourself from getting sick, but in case you're sick and you don't realize it, to prevent you from giving it to somebody else. Because you can literally get this from standing next to somebody and simply breathing the same air they're breathing. They don't even have to be talking. And that's why we all need to wear masks. But the fact of the matter is we don't have enough masks in the United States for everybody to wear a mask, which is bizarre, but it's true. So anyhow, enough of my rant. Mark in Sauk City, Wisconsin. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey there. Adam Schiff made some comments about you know the corruption you know, of Donald Trump, which we all think. But I just have ran across this one from Hamilton 75, which, which talks about the president as chief magistrate and treaties. But there's a passage in here that I think is prescient for today. But a man raised from the station of a private citizen to the chief magistrate possessed of a moderate or slender fortune and looking forward to a period not very remote when he may probably be obliged to return to a station from which he was taken, might sometimes under the temptations to sacrifice his duty to his interest, which would, would require superlative virtue to withstand. An avaricious man might be tempted to betray interests of the state to the acquisition of wealth. An ambitious man might may right. make his own engrisement by aid of the foreign power the price of his treachery to his constituents. And, and all I mean, that has come through. Donald Trump to a T. I mean, right. Hamilton is crying out from the past about this. And I mean, that in, in spite of the flaws of our founders, I mean, we had to turn some of our thoughts to them, what they thought of this. And the betrayal of our Senate to fail to remove the president is something that they frankly didn't, didn't see happening because they you know, were... You know, they, they had hoped that men of that had been elected would actually do their duty rather than you know, serve their own self-interest, which they're doing. I mean, you know, Ron Johnson is making yeah. all these comments about dead people, and is he promoting himself in this? Yeah. No, Ron Johnson has been particularly toxic on this, the Republican senator from Wisconsin. Spot on, Mark. Thank you very much for the call. Sky in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, Sky, what's up? I'll just go back to uh, the statistics that you gave with people passing away. How are the funeral homes handling it? An example over in Italy, I believe they're cremating people because of them dying from the virus. Do you know anything about yes, this? Yes, they are. I, I saw photos, I don't know if it was Italy or Spain, but it was in a giant church and they had all these row after row after row of coffins. Um, and yes, the cremation business is really popping right now. And you've got two hospitals in New York where they got refrigerator trucks parked outside the hospitals that they're putting dead bodies in because their morgues are full. Um, this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better, Sky. And, and, you know, this is what Donald Trump has brought us by, you know, three months of incompetence and bluster and braggadocio. It is just criminal. Thanks a lot for the call, Sky. John in Long Beach, California. Hey, John, what's up? Hi, good morning. This is kind of a hearsay thing, but I have a friend who has a relative uh, up the management chain in GM and was told that the respirators or ventilators that they're going to be making are actually scheduled to go to Italy rather than the U.S. Didn't know if you heard anything about that. (laughs) No, I didn't know anything about that, and I would be very surprised if that happens. I know that China is shipping ventilators to Italy. 
and to Spain, and they're shipping other medical supplies, personal protective equipment. Uh, they used to ship that stuff to us, but they're not anymore. I would think the government would be involved with any contracts outside the United States with other countries, wouldn't you think? Uh, they certainly have the right to involve themselves. The, the Department of Commerce can insert itself into any foreign transactions. So, uh, but I, I, you know, after Trump has put so much of his reputation on the line with this GM Ventec thing, I would just be astonished if, if what you said is, is uh, true, John. If, if you can find any documentation for that, would you please tweet it to me? Absolutely. Thank you much. Great. Thanks a lot, John. Have a great day. John, uh, from John to John, this is John in Langley, Washington. Hey, John, what's up? Hi. Last night I listened to KPFA Sunday News and it had nurses talking of being on the front line and how the CARES Act just passed over them. They tried to get an amendment in or something to get uh, protective equipment, and they just feel like right. they're being really left behind, and they're the warriors. And the National Nurses yeah. United supports Medicare for All, and I have three Democratic representatives in federal positions that I call regularly since 2016 when I was a Bernie delegate that will not endorse Medicare for All. So my question for everyone out there is, what's it going to take for the Democrats, uh, the Democratic Party, when it's an obvious case that we need Medicare for All, what's going to turn these, these people in Washington? And I want, I want people well, to... Well, I think there's, there's two quick answers to that, John, at the, at the risk of sounding glib. First is, it's going to take a pandemic. And it looks like that's happening. I mean, people are, people are realizing that our healthcare system is part of the critical national security infrastructure of this country. And we haven't had that conversation since World War II. After World War II, Dwight Eisenhower started building hospitals like there was no tomorrow. Uh, it was a major part of his construction efforts along with the interstate highway system and schools. And a lot of hospitals around the country were built during the 1950s as a consequence of that. And they continued in the, in the 1960s to the point where we had one and a half million hospital beds in 1980, the year Reagan was elected. We're down to a million now. We've lost one third of all the hospital beds in America because of consolidation and neoliberalism. But we actually took that seriously once upon a time. And then secondly, you say, what's it going to take? That's going to be the first thing. The second thing that it's going to take is getting money out of politics. It's going to take stopping the health insurance industry, stopping the hospital industry, stopping the pharmaceutical industry from basically owning politicians inside the Democratic Party and the Republican Party as well. But that's what it's going to take. If you want to speak specifically about Democratic representatives, I think you can easily figure out who's getting money from the health insurance companies and who's not. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Carol in Port Charlotte, Florida. Boy, your state's getting ready to, to be hit. Carol, I, I yeah. uh, hope you're you're being very very careful and taking it taking it uh, very very thoughtfully and carefully. I told you the other day that I work in an assisted living facility, but anyway, today I was thinking that you know, with all of the first responders in New York trying to find places to mm-hmm. sleep, including in their cars, so as not to infect their families, um, why couldn't someone ask the hotels to use their empty rooms to um, to house these people? And um, yeah. you and Mark were just talking about Trump trying to grab credit. He could get a lot of good credit by just using Mar-a-Lago and, and places that he has in New York, the empty rooms, volunteering. <laughs> so that's, yeah. this, this is my thought. I think that's, that's probably beyond the pale for him. He would not be willing to pay the health expenses of his employees who might get exposed. But there are big hotel chains that have lots and lots of properties in New York City and other cities all across America. Marriott and Hilton come to mind as the, you know, at the top of the list, where if they put out a call to to employees and said, you know, we'll pay you a higher than normal pay. We'll give you good benefits. We'll protect you if you get sick. And, uh, you know, we only want people who are under 30 years old. And will you be willing to work in this? We're going to open this one particular hotel and make it available to all the firefighters and police officers and EMTs who, do, who are afraid to go home. They're, they're afraid that they might be uh, and, and train those employees in how to wear masks and, and gloves and how to, you know, and all, you know, just basically change the protocols in the hotels so that the employees largely keep safe. And so that the, the workers can get to and from their hotel hotel rooms and, you know, put hand sanitizer in every room. I mean, this could be a yeah. huge thing if one of these chains that's, you know, Marriott and Hilton right now are taking a huge economic hit. And if they wanted to really uh, not just rescue, but uh, revive their reputations, that's an absolutely brilliant idea, Carol, and they should be doing it. And Trump doesn't need to order it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that uh, private companies are going to have to do. And, and, and really should be doing. I, I think we're going to see more and more of these innovative solutions as time goes on. Carol, brilliant. Thank you very much for the call. It's great to hear from you. Ben in Evanston, Illinois. Hey, Ben, what's up? My question is regarding, have you noticed the inadequacy of the media coverage regarding the economic relief bill? And the Democrat, basically, Pelosi is, I watched the interview with Maddow on Friday night, and after the signing statement, Trump said he doesn't feel as though this oversight is really applicable, that it won't be reasonable. Then Pelosi just said, oh, well, we'll be able to have oversight. This is, it makes no sense, Tom. This is the same no. Treasury Secretary. There's going to be no oversight, no, just like there's no oversight over Trump's tax taxes. Return. There's it's no... It's a, it's a, yeah, there's no oversight over his uh, criminality. There's no oversight over over his loans. There's no oversight over his, you know, paying off uh, porn star. I mean, it's just like there's he has stonewalled, successfully stonewalled everything. And he will stonewall this. He's he, this is going to be a slush fund. 
that's going to go to big corporations that are in Trump's pocket. And part of that slush fund, after he passes it out to them, is going to recycle, be recycled back into his campaign coffers. Mark my words. This is a $500 billion fund. If he passes it out in you know, billion, two billion, three billion, five hundred million dollar chunks, those companies are going to be kicking back in you know, millions and millions of dollars, each one of them, into his campaign funds. And you know, this is just you know, Trump looking at another way to buy the friggin' election. Ben, thank you. Jim in Phoenix, Arizona. Speaking of Phoenix, Jim in, in Phoenix. What's up? Hi, Tom. Uh, yeah, I was just calling. Uh, the caller talked about Germany's low death rates. I just wanted to mention that there's a 10-day lag between the onset of symptoms and death. So if right. you go back 10 days... Well, it can be as much as, stats, as 20 to 30 days. Right. Right. That's the average, though, I've heard is 10. So, right. you know, if you go back 10 days in Germany's case rate, you get a 3.6% death rate with their current death stats. So it's, it's actually not as good as it looks. It's just a, a curve. Not, you know, yeah, I don't think any of these stats are going to be meaningful until we can look at them in retrospect. And, and, right. South, and I'm very Korea, suspicious about Yeah, if you look at South Korea, they've done, like, massive testing, people that are just exposed, mm -hmm. not symptomatic, and their death right. rate comes out around 1.7, I believe. So right. that's probably the most reliable number I've seen. Yeah, uh, South Korea has uh, total confirmed cases, 9,500 total deaths, 152. That's as of uh, 29 March. That was yesterday. And... Yeah. Uh, the United States, we have 103,000 confirmed cases and 16,800. Well, actually, we're over 2,000 now total deaths. It's amazing how rapidly it's going up. Pakistan yeah. scary. has, uh, yeah, has, has 2,500. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's Iran. Pakistan's only 1,300. Um, these death statistics, this is just mind-boggling what's going on. Thank you, Jim, for the call. Good to hear from you. And, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Boyce in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Hey, Boyce, what's up? I'm hearing on the news that only a N95 mask will be effective at keeping the virus away. And I'm wondering if it's any point in buying any other mask. Yeah, if you're looking for, I mean, N95, it's called 95 because it only blocks 95% of particles. <laughs> it's of, you know, very small particles. And I think they're half micron size, but I could be wrong on that. But I think that that's the standard for those masks. Um, a regular gauze mask will block a smaller number of particles and will allow through larger particles. Uh, viruses, are, though, are much smaller than a half a micron, no matter what. So none of these masks are going to give you the kind of protection that, that you know, a genuine respirator would, where you've got separate breathing apparatus. And that's why uh, you know, people need to be using you know, physicians, people who are in, in direct contact. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, 12% of the people who, uh, who have died of coronavirus, or have coronavirus, excuse me, in Spain, are healthcare workers. Um, as of yesterday, it was 56 uh, doctors in Spain had died of this coronavirus. This is burning through the healthcare community right now. And it's going to be burning, and it is in New York City right now, and it is going to be across the United States. It's burning through our police departments. It's burning through our, our EMTs. And, uh, you know, really, really harming, crippling, weakening our ability to respond to it. And part of the problem is, again, you know, if, if Trump had done, you know, early on things that would have encouraged people to um, shelter in place, you know, if he had started this back in January or even in February, then um, we wouldn't see this crisis the way we are. We wouldn't have had Mardi Gras. We wouldn't have had spring break. And, and you wouldn't have as many, as many infected people, and the hospitals deal with it more slowly and using more effective uh, you know, respirators and masks and things. Right now, they've got their back to the wall, and they've run out of options. Boyce, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, even though, you know, in a worst-case situation, even a piece of cloth over your face is better than nothing. It keeps you from infecting other people, but reduces the chances, and it keeps other people, and it reduces the chances of other people infecting you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Jim in Chicago. Hey, Jim, it says you disagree with me about what? Uh, I'm just listening to your program here, and I'm just a little concerned of the stuff that you're telling people. The masks, all well and good, whether it's an N95 mask, whether it's not, 
if you're outside walking around, it keeps your hand from going near your mouth, your nose, your eyes. It just it kind of reminds you, don't touch any, you know, you might be out there touching a railing, whatever, a doorknob, but then don't bring it into your face. So that's a good thing about any mask. If you're out there walking around, use the mask. And as far as what Trump is doing, how you're kind of negative to say, well, he's not doing enough, not doing this, that, and the other thing. I don't think there is another human being out there that would do as much as he's doing. That's all. I don't, yeah. and I don't think you can come up with the name really? of someone who can. You, who yeah, so what there. was he doing in what was he doing in December when this when the spy agencies were notifying him that this was coming? What was he doing in January? On January twentieth, when the first person was diagnosed in the United States, and the same day the first person was diagnosed in South Korea, and within a week South Korea had test kits deployed, and within two weeks they'd tested tens of thousands of people. What was Donald Trump doing back then, Jim? South Korea doesn't Not like a damn China. thing. So therefore, Not a damn thing. He was sitting around Pelosi saying, this is a Democrat Pelosi. hoax. What was Trump doing the week after that as people were, as this was spreading through Washington state? Not a damn thing. What, what did he do the week after that? What did he do as we, as we moved into February? Not a damn thing. Jim, I can't even believe that you're saying this kind of crap. Bill in St. Helens, Oregon. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind? Hey, hey, Tom. First off, real quick, I believe the uh, third stimulus bill was S6201, if people want to actually read it. Okay. Thank uh, you. So when that was going through the process, I called both my senators, Merkley and Wyden, here in Oregon, and I also called my representative, uh, Bonamici, and I said, okay, they want this uh, payroll tax deferral on Social Security. Well, let's just throw in the uh, fine. Let's do that, and let's lift the cap on Social Security forever as a part of the deal. Now, you and I both know that would never go anywhere, but it would, at least it would raise it to the public conscience, and we'd start talking about it again because it would solve yeah. so many of our problems. I'm with you. That's it. I'm with you. And and it would it would make sure that Social Security was solvent for basically forever. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you for the call, Bill. Kai Kai Kotsmovi in Arizona? Yes. Oh in, in Lance. Kai Kotsmovi. Yes, Lance. Kikotsmovi. Okay, what's up, Lance? Hey Tom. Listen, uh, you were talking about uh, possible uh, the majority of states, the Republican led states rather, they might uh, be invoked to held hold a vote to possibly uh, re-elect Donald Trump. Is there anything the House of Representatives are doing right now to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, make sure that doesn't come to fruition um, in the short time duration that we have? And also, Stephanie Miller was talking about this morning. uh, All this is very political, what Donald Trump is doing at the top level. But in the future, after all this is done, can we make it criminal? (laughs) I'll take my answers off the air. Thanks, Tom. Okay, I wrote an article about this. You can find the article over at uh, Hartman Report with two N's, HartmanReport.com. It's titled something like how Donald Trump could lose the election and still remain president. Yeah, Yeah, and we need to get the word out about this because the 12th Amendment says that if the states states cannot certify enough electoral votes to reach 50% of the necessary total plus one, then the vote gets thrown to the House of Representatives where each state has one vote. And there's 30, I believe it's 34 states now where their legislatures are controlled by Republicans. And uh, you can read the whole article, you know, and um, this is very distressing. <laughs> Mark in McHenry, Illinois. Hey, Mark, what's up? If a scenario like that were to uh, develop, what is to keep this country from exploding? I would, after the horror that we've been through and the fact that the election in 2016 was basically stolen, um, I'd be I'd be ready to take up arms. I, I got news for you. I, I've had it. I've absolutely had it. Yeah. And if that happens again, what is going to keep this country from exploding? God only knows, Mark. Um, and 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 the way, by the way, the, the the last caller, Lance, had asked, you know, what can we do about this? And Ron Wyden actually has a has a bill in the Senate, and Earl Blumenauer has a bill in the House, which both have the the support of the Progressive Caucus, that would give the federal or it would take five hundred million dollars of federal money and give it to the states, to those seventeen states where it's hard to vote by mail. Uh, so that they could just run the printing presses starting tomorrow morning and print all the ballots. Well, they, they can't print the ballots right now because the primaries aren't done. But, you know, once the primaries are done, they could pr- print enough ballots for every single person in their state. So nobody has to show up at a polling place. And it is being fought by the Republicans. And this morning on Fox News, Donald Trump said, if that happens, there'll never again be another Republican president. Excuse me. And by the way, he was right. Well, I- 
I have news for you that if that hap- if that does happen, God help this country because it will not be te- it will not be tolerated. It simply will not be tolerated by people like me and millions of others like me. Mark, thank you for the call. MJ in Puget Sound, uh, Washington. MJ, we have thirty seconds. What's up? Okay, well, I have information about uh, funerals in in Italy. Uh, people are not allowed to see their loved one when the body's released, and they're taking them by military trucks out to crematoria outside, uh, far away. So they're oh military yeah, I've seen convoys the, I've seen the taking caravans. the bodies up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's going to be coming to a town near you, MJ. MJ, thank yeah. you for the call. I mean, this is, this is what Donald Trump brought us. This is what the Trump presidency brought us. When you get a grifter as president in with a grifter party, the Republican Party, that only stands for the, for the wealth of, of the billionaire class and the big corporations, this is what you can expect. To hell with the people. Oh, you know, I did a great job if only 100,000 Americans die. Great. Anyhow, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, get out there, get active, or, you know, do it from your home. Tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.